Hello, and welcome to another episode of Pod for the Planet. I'm Charles Olson. I'm Abby Beach. And I'm Ramal Pacheco. Today, we're going to be talking about what the fuck has been going on the past few weeks, what we've been up to, and our experiences with quarantine and the pandemic. Eventually, we're going to do an episode about um, uh, COVID-19's ties to the environment and environmental racism and climate change and all that good stuff, but today we just have to get some thoughts and feels out um, before we're ready to break that all down. So check that out in the immediate future. Now, with all that out of the way, let's talk about how we've been feeling. Ramel, what have you been up to for the past, what's it been, three weeks? Time's it's a flat like circle. three years since right, I saw so, Ramel. So this is my plan. This is my routine. I have one day dedicated to all schoolwork. Then the next day, dedicated to all readings that I do. Then the next day is dedicated to all the stuff that I want to watch. And the next day is dedicated to writing stuff. And then it cycles. That's so that wild. Is that is yeah. insane. It, it's honestly <laughs> impressive. Like, really insane. How have you been sticking to that? Very well. <laughs> really? That's, yep. pretty, that's pretty impressive. That's really impressive. It, it works out. And then, you know, if I have, like, if I get all my work done, then, you know, I'll just read or watch some anime damn that sounds pretty i myself have been trying to stick to some sort of a routine i have been doing that by trying to wake up early so i try to wake up the latest by nine o'clock if i'm not out of bed by nine it's like an issue for me yeah i'm definitely been a part of that problem um my best days are the days that i actually have class in the morning to be honest which is weird, but like forces it forces me out of bed because I have an 8 a.m. And like I only meet for those classes twice a week. And those days are actually really good. But the rest of the days are all one long, confusing day, <laughs> it feels like. So, Ramel, you're you are still at the dorms right now. And for those of you listening, uh SUNY Plattsburgh and all the SUNY schools have closed and have uh, recommended and kind of forced a lot of students to leave campus. But Ramel, you've stayed. Can you tell us a little bit about how campus is right now? So last week, only the downer was open from nine to five. And then it's funny because you see the progr- the downer is for anyone that doesn't go to Plattsburgh is like one of the campus dining halls. And it's funny because you saw the progression of like things getting more like, you know, cautious. So like when I went there, it was like, you know, it was just downer. But like you're not allowed to like go up to the food stations. There's like you had to have a certain amount of space between them and like order from a distance. And like a few days later, I go in there and then the employees now have like masks and, and like gloves on. I'm like, okay. Then like a few days later after that, it's like, now, if you, like, buy a drink, you have to scan it yourself so, like, the employees don't touch it. And then, like, you, you, this is, I think this is the most pointless thing ever. They, like, they give you, instead of handing your ID to them, you put it on a plate. 
and then they pick it up. But this is before they had gloves. So it was like this <laughs> defeating the it was defeating the purpose. It was just like an extra step of like giving my ID to them. But you're still Anyways, but but they're still touching yeah. the ID. That's yeah. so pointless. That's the most Plattsburgh thing I've ever heard of, actually though. That's so funny. Anyways, and then today I went earlier and now it's like <clears throat> they use cones to like direct you to get your food and then to just leave right afterwards. How so. many people are still at Plattsburgh's campus? I have no idea. Interesting. It's I'm going to ask someone from the housing. It's a pretty small amount. I've heard that they're uh, going to be moving people from like all over campus into one building. Yeah, that I, was, was still happening? I, I, I was moved into Macomb. Oh, okay, um, damn. Some, some people, the disease. Mm. Well, some people were moved to Whiteface. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. Boil the also, germs down to one building. Yes. The uh, the hours of downer also change. It's now only open from 12 to 5. So. Oh, okay. So have you been... Plattsburgh overall is pretty far removed from, like, the epicenter in New York State. How have the stores been? Have you been, like, grocery shopping? I've only been to the food co-op. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, uh... Interesting. Yeah, when I went, they also have like, you know, selective hours. And when I went, they, mm-hmm. when I went, it was like, oh, only like two people per hour, per per aisle. And then like when I went recently, it was like they leave the door open and like they have like a box of gloves for you to put on and like a bottle of hand sanitizer. Oh, wow. That's actually, so, that's really um, neat that they have the hand sanitizer. And they don't like want people bringing in their reusable bags. Mm-hmm. So now I they like they they give re, uh, bags for free now. Damn, that's crazy. I wonder how long they can keep that up. Uh, the co-op's a pretty small business, so that's yeah. interesting. Um, I am not in Plattsburgh anymore. What? Um, yeah. <laughs> what? We're not this episode is. No <laughs> this episode is going to be posted uh, right after another episode where Ramel and I have had a similar conversation like this. Um, But just to reiterate, I have been relocated as the best way to put it down to Washington, DC. Abby and I are in the same room together for the first time in a while podcasting. Nice. Yeah. It's pretty late. Potting together. Just like the summer, just like old times. Yeah, it is like old times. Um, But I'm by myself. Except worse. All by yourself. It's like old times if everything is bad. <laughs> yeah. Ex- old, just like old times, but more depression. Um, and since moving down, my experience coming down actually was kind of a roller coaster because I went home for spring break. And when I had went home for spring break, uh, the SUNY schools were still supposed to be open after break. And so I had left most of my room intact. Uh, but middle of spring break, we got the email that we were going to be told not to come back to campus. And I was in the process of trying to figure out whether or not it was worth it for me to go back and try to keep working as a head CA in Wilson um, or if I would get paid at all for any of that. And it turns out that there was nothing really for me to do up there. So I drove from Abby's parents' cabin in the Catskills 
up to Plattsburgh on a Friday of spring break, packed up my room in about three hours with the help of uh, Rob Johnson, friend of the pod, and then drove another four hours back and then drove home. So that was a bit uh, a bit of an emotional weekend. Uh, it was pretty tiring, but I made it down to D.C., in one piece, and we're all good yeah, here. here. We are. My school's obviously also closed, just like all colleges. But AU, I mean, I didn't live on campus, but thankfully, yeah. Oh my god, that would have been bad. Um, we it, would have nowhere to go. We we'd live with our parents. Oh god. Um, <laughs> uh, love living with our parents. We wouldn't be living with my parents, thankfully. Like my my parents, parents are in Florida, um, so we they're were- at the mercy of Ron DeSantis. Uh, we were home with my parents for like a week, which th- it was, you know, it was a time to be alive. Just wild, like being home in your childhood bedroom, no matter what your situation is. And like, you know, your high school depression is like, I'm here. Still living hey, uh, here. Damn, uh, I relocated under the pillow. I relocated <laughs> under your three ugly dolls that are still on your bed. Um, oh, remember gosh. me? Um, the cool side of the pillow is just the depressing side. My parents are lovely, but it's just like so stressful to not have your stuff in your room and like your life. Um, but yeah, so AU is completely closed. The only dorms that they have open are for quote unquote emergency housing. And seems like that's been pretty hard to get for a lot of people. Um, so... Yeah, so here we are at my house, which is good. It's been pretty good, yeah. It's better than, yeah. We're, I mean, I'm grateful that I live in a house off campus. Um, yeah, it's been nice. And it's nice because we have a bit of a yard, too, um, which is not mm-hmm. typical for most D.C. college students. I, I used to live in an apartment building, but, yeah. So we, Romel and I have had conversations about, like, how Plattsburgh has responded to relocating students off of campus and throughout campus. How has AU been with doing that? I know because you are on the Eagle. You have some knowledge. Yeah, so um, it's definitely been challenging for a lot of students from like the interviews that we've done um, just because we have a massive international student population. Um, so that's been super hard because some students cannot go home. Like, for instance, my roommate who is from Milan, where it's like the epicenter there right oh, now. Can can you please tell Camilla's story right now of her, of how she came back? Oh God. Yeah. So my roommate... She literally, from she's from Italy. She's from Milan. She's supposed to go back to Milan for spring break. This is right before the outbreak really happens. We had heard, like I had heard from some people, that the chances of the school closing were like 50-50 at that point. And you hadn't told us anything. Um, We were saying to Camilla, like, you really can't go to Italy. But it was at that point where it didn't really feel real yet. So she was like up until like two days before spring break, like about to go. And then she's like, okay, because AU had sent her a bunch of information. She's like, I'm not going to go to Milan. I'm going to go to the DR to visit my aunt. So she goes to her aunt's house, stays with her aunt. The DR only had like five cases at that point. So she was like totally safe, totally not exposed to anything. Um, and 
we were supposed to come back to D.C. at the same time. But we couldn't come back to D.C. for another, like, week and a half because she had to quarantine because at the airport, the CDC put her in a room full of high-risk people for five hours. I feel like, I mean, this is me speculating, but I feel like it's because she has an Italian passport. Um, So they were, like, high-risk just shoved her in the room despite the fact that she was coming from a country with significant less cases than the U.S. She sat in there for five hours. They, like, gave her a mask, but still, and then put her up in a hotel in the city, and then she got her flight back to D.C. because this was on a transfer flight or transfer at JFK in New York. So then she had to quarantine because she was like, well, if I got it anywhere... I definitely got it from sitting in a room full of 40 people who probably had it. At JFK. At fucking JFK for five hours. So she like stayed home, didn't leave the house, checked her temperature every day. She was home for a week and a half. She didn't have any symptoms. Thank God. She's like totally fine. But oh my fucking God. What a shit show. Um, Sounds stressful. Yeah. And also just like. So, like, she was totally fine and then completely not fine. Um, yeah, so that was wild. Um, but, yeah, we're all good. We're back here in D.C. Um, back to AU. Yeah, they've Mm -hmm. been, I mean, there's been, like, a lot on Facebook and we've been hearing from people that they couldn't get emergency housing and that, you know, other people that did get it and all this stuff. But um, it seems like everyone's sort of settled down now, like everyone's doing okay now. Um, but that first, like, week, week and a half was pretty crazy and stressful just because there were so many people coming from either back from spring break from different countries or had to go home to different countries and stuff like that. So, yeah, that was pretty wild. This long pause is because this long pause is brought to you by me trying to post to our Instagram story. <laughs> um, I lost my train of thought for a second. We were talking about what we've been doing. So since then, we've been back in D.C. We have been back in D.C. So that's like our lives up until that point, but like more on... We've been in D.C. for... Tomorrow night will be two weeks, which is insane. Like I, the the time I was in Plattsburgh, which was my spring break, the first week of March, the first weekend of March is when you literally feels like a month ago. No, it feels like a year ago. Oh, it feels like a year ago, but like also yesterday. It's been yeah. It's been so, like, time does not exist anymore. March has been the longest decade of our lives. And also, like, it happened so fast. Like, life has changed so quickly. We're in a very drastically different place. I, on my Twitter, recently posted a tweet of, like, senior year of high school and senior year of college are so different. And it was, like... Yeah, it is. Like, it's it's wild to think about, like, how much in four years, like, our life is drastically, like, this drastically changed. I feel bad for those kids who are seniors in high school right now. That's a side note, but. Yeah. 
And y'all college seniors too, but. Yeah. Ramel, how have you been, so again, just to reiterate for some of our listeners who may be new, um, Ramel and I are graduating seniors this semester. Um, Are you new here? I'm new. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> we're, we're new to Plattsburgh online. Um, how have you been holding up with the switch to finishing out our last semester online? So, all right. So, <clears throat> I I had to leave Deberg because it's getting, uh, which is one of the halls on campus, because it's being turned into, like, quarantine space, mm-hmm. which means I now do not have access to Patrick's drum post, drum kit. Oh, damn. So, which, you know, I'm taking drum class. Mm-hmm. So I just emailed my professor like, hey, uh, yeah, I'm not sure what you want me to do now. Um, An online well, drum kit. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were, we were doing, uh, wait, what? An online drum kit? Yeah, you know how, like, uh, there are those, like, online piano keys? <laughs> Like an app. Like it's going to be you learning how I to play the drums. I don't think you can do it with drums. You could, yeah, there's like drum pads. No, I mean, it would. you wouldn't actually learn how to play the drums. Oh, yeah, you wouldn't, yeah, no. You wouldn't That's learn anything. Point. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> but you could but do yeah. it. <laughs> I don't want to. That's the only class, I guess, that's like really affected. Mm-hmm. Um... The Anthropocene class with Gary... That's a little bit annoying, but mm-hmm. I'll, I'll make it work. It's mm-hmm. only annoying because, like, I was, like, I was, he wants us to do journals now. Oh, like, God. On, That's a <laughs> online Gary discussion. Move. He's going to listen to discussion. this. Fail you. But the thing is that, like, the thing is that, like, I, well, I did it today, and I, uh, I was just like, you know what? If this is a journal, I'm going to make it, like, an actual, like, journal so mm-hmm. like what i what i did was like the the title of the journal was um was a quote that he said he said uh, him saying right i need you to post something <laughs> so that was the t- title of my journal and, and then, then I you, was you just, posted something and then the first sentence is like all right so this is a journal i'm probably gonna st- i'm probably gonna talk i'm probably mm-hmm. gonna type in the way i talk and i put there are so many like gunnas and like and like um <laughs> What else? And like, so, uh, yeah. And like, <laughs> am I right? <laughs> so. Oh, he's yeah. probably losing his mind reading that. Probably. That's I, amazing. My classes have been rough as hell. I mean, my professors are being great, but like, I just, I high key struggle to get anything done on a good day. So this like lack of structure is just impossible like it's just not happening for me i'm trying to take i'm trying to learn how gis if you don't know what gis is it's like mapping and we have to like remotely use the computers on campus and before this happened my poor professor who is so nice would literally have to sit over my shoulder and talk me through everything because i like needed so much help she'd sit there and i'd be like is this right and she'd be like Yes, and I'd be like, how about now? And she'd be like, no, not right. You know now you can't put GIS under your resume because potential employers are going to oh hear this no. and they're going to be like, oh, no. It's okay. The job market's collapsing. It, like, do- we, it doesn't, like, it doesn't matter. matter. All right. You know what? Employers, listen. 
It don't matter. I I learned it a little bit, but the the problem is now is that I can't physically see my professor anymore, and she's so nice, and I'm too embarrassed to go back and tell her that I'm how far behind I am. So now I'm just really really behind. And it's not a good situation to be in. But I was doing great when we were in physical classes, like literally <coughs> getting an A, but not at my employers. Not anymore. Rona took that away. <laughs> GIS off my resume. <laughs> it said gone. gone. People, people only take GIS for it to put on the resume. I ain't going to give you the chance. <laughs> Rona said, and I, I'm, I I'm going to let you get the chance. Uh, I took GIS, but I know I can't put on my resume. I took GIS and it's on my resume. I, I, I remember it for uh, a, a decent amount. Charles is only saying that in case there's an employer listening. <laughs> um, my if, classes have been... If you are an employer, please uh, hire us and sponsor. Just yeah, kidding. Seriously. There's no employers anymore. <laughs> uh, seriously, if anybody is looking for professional podcasters, uh, we are for hire now because Ramel and I are graduating into a void... Basically, yeah. um, that's my, cool. We used to make a joke. My sister started it, but that the time in post grad was called the void, like that in between time when you were like looking for a job or have a shitty job, in between graduating from college and starting your career. But now it's like literally a void. Now it is actually an empty space. Like people are like in articles and stuff calling it like a job void for us um and it's gonna be bigger than the recession in 2008 and the oh fuck so uh that's fun um wait you know what that means right we gotta start investing <laughs> we do it that's i that's funny one of my brothers actually, or or know, hear me out just or, tear capitalism down we already started um you started investing? No. One of my brothers posted into the Teak Facebook group uh, about how he's like a finance or economics or you know, something like finance that. Finance growing frat. Something like that. Unique, um, different, special. But uh, he was like, now is the time to start investing. And I was like, now is the time for capitalism to be destroyed. But I'm not going to say that in this Facebook group <laughs> because that will get me <laughs> kicked out of that Facebook group. Um <laughs> But, yeah, let's do it. Let's start investing. Let's invest in, like, renewable tech and stuff. Yeah. Or or if anybody's listening and is looking for an investment, you know, invest in a podcast called Pod for the Planet because we could use the sponsorships. Right. I said something today that, like, made me feel hopeful for the first time in, like, a little while. And by a little while, I mean, like, a couple weeks. That was about... (laughs) <laughs> it's been dark. Uh, about I haven't had hope in months. So what are you talking <laughs> about? This whole Rona thing is just like the like the pre depression before the big climate depression. Like, Ramel, remember when you said the big sad was coming? You called it. You called it. You spoke you. it into the universe. <laughs> no, I am not the reason why this is happening. Don't you dare say. Let's Ramel, blame Ramel. Ramel caused the Rona. Um, but I saw this thing about like. I'm going to like really butcher this when I try to say it, but it was basically like we can choose now to like try to bring what we have into our future or we can like make the decision to walk into 
post pandemic like building a new system and fighting for a new system but i don't you know i'm really tired i'm gonna keep doing stuff but right now i just feel so tired of yeah. fighting for stuff yeah i just i i think <sighs> I've, I've spent a lot i had too much free time um since this has started and i feel like in that free time i've just been trying to avoid feeling that way like feeling like like trying to avoid how tired i am if that makes sense mm. you know what i mean like i've been trying to figure out ways to just like make myself not aware that like there's still work to be done like i think like i'm i don't know how to describe the feeling but it's like I'm trying to just distract myself from like this yeah. sense that like we should be doing more because like we're going through something that's like really traumatic right now. Like this is like a huge life altering event. And like I think the way that I normally deal with stuff like that is by like. Like let me get up, pull my bootstraps and fix this. Shit. Yeah. But like right now there are no bootstraps like. We're, the boots have been pulled off. The, the boots, the boot took straps my boots are the vaccine that we don't have. Exactly. Someone took my boots. Just the the, the thing is, is the bootstraps are really far on the ground, and my arms haven't grown that length yet. Like they're baby Deadpool arms right now. Oh, <laughs> like they need to grow to grab the bootstraps, and that's us getting a vaccine now, listener. That image is in your head forever. <laughs> Enjoy. I. <laughs> I just am like tired. Yeah, I also just feel bad time. Like, <sighs> like the kids are the kids. I'm twenty. I'm almost twenty-one. I'm not a child, but like the young people right now have been like going through it literally since we've been brought on this earth, and I felt like. 2020 like we were like okay we've got this election coming up like we're gonna graduate soon we're gonna fix some stuff and it's like the just like the rug has been pulled from under us like once again, again. and it's like we grew up in 2009 like we grew up in a recession and we're like finally we're not old enough to have any personal economic stability because most of us are just leaving college and if you know, if you've been accumulating wealth for like what three years post high school, if you've got a job straight out of then, you don't have that much stability yet. Like, and it's like okay, so we have this selection coming up. We we're like finally like on the up and up. Like, and then not so are. much. And yeah. on a personal level, also that <laughs> like yeah, it's exactly. like in your personal life and in the glo- like the world life that's the feeling i feel mm-hmm. i'm i'm interested to i just had the idea for a project and whoever is listening to this please send us y- how you feel about it i'd like to see what our listeners think about their feelings on this especially the younger people and the older people who listen to this show um if you want to dm us a clip of your audio we'll include it in our next couple of episodes about the pandemic at the end just it'd be interesting to see what other young people feel like this because i think the three of us because of our education and the, the field we're in we are hyper aware 
of these big like systemic issues and how they affect us. And I'd be interested to see like how other people are feeling right now because other people might be feeling it more in not so much like that, like global sense and mm-hmm. as they are feeling it like, am I going to be able to put food on the table? Am I going to be able to buy toilet paper? Which is yeah. the weird thing, <laughs> but like, but like that's people I'd like to see that. So right. if people would like to send us their audio, if you know somebody who has an interesting coronavirus story or end of the world story, I know like my parents, it's like they feel really scared right now, which is like Mm -hmm. a feeling that all of us are experiencing, I think. I'm terrified every day. Like that's like like my anxiety has never been worse. But I'm also a special case because I've recently become an essential employee by choice, sadly. Eh, Partially by choice, not entirely. I mean choice is uh, choices used very loosely. Do we even have choices anymore? Ooh, now we're talking. Now <laughs> it's now it's philosophical debate time. Um, but yeah, so I, I should probably elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah. Um, I recently started working when when we came down to DC. Uh, the only way that I was going to be able to stay down here for any extended period of time was if I was able to pay a portion of the rent down here because that's mm-hmm. something that's still happening. Um, and believe so, it or not. Believe it or not. Um, and a couple weeks ago, the stimulus package was up in the air still. There was no idea. I, I'm not getting a tax return this year. Um, so, like, there was a bunch of things, and uh, my savings had already started dwindling. And so I knew the only way I could stay is if I got a job. And the job market no one was hiring and especially in my field so i had to find a job doing something that was available and i got a job as a cashier at a grocery store down the road from our house and i did that for a couple of years in high school so i had plenty of experience and it's been fine but it's been it's been pretty scary to be constantly aware of the possibility that like any of the I'd say I'd interact on a given day. It's been two weeks. Um, It's been about a week and a half since I started. And in that time, I've probably interacted with a couple hundred, not a little under a thousand individual people. Um, And my thought process is that, like, not all of them are wearing masks. And it, it was super interesting to see, like, who is wearing a mask and who isn't and like who's wearing gloves and stuff, who's protecting themselves, who's protecting others. A lot of people aren't maintaining social distancing or even being considerate of other people's personal space right now. And I've just been like standing there trying to make some money to stay afloat. And that has been like a present, like that's my thought for about like six hours a day. Yeah. It's just like, what if, like, am I, I, I mean, I've been wearing gloves and a mask, but it's been so, like, like there's, like, a weight on my chest that's been there, and it's, like, difficult to come home and unwind from that, because then it's, like, it's just present. Right, and to do, like, normal stuff. To do normal stuff, like, to do school just becomes, like, so much harder that I'm, yeah, and makes I- the day a lot more difficult. We have like 
another family member who's also working in a grocery store and friends and family who are healthcare workers and working in hospitals mm-hmm. in different capacities. And it's like, yeah, it's definitely just a. Uh, I could, I could not even imagine just from the level of anxiety that I felt from being at a grocery store and being one of those essential employees, I could not comprehend what the medical professionals with the EMTs, the paramedics, the nurses, the doctors, the hospital workers, the sanitation staff, what all of them have been going through. They are yeah. heroes that deserve a parade or a month dedicated to them after this. Like, But I also think it's it, crazy. it should reshape like how we think about people who work it and grocery stores and other businesses like that that make mm-hmm. our lives like people who deliver our our food and our you know mm-hmm. people who work on farms and all of those people like that those are the workers who like make our society turn and go and like we need to rethink how we like the hierarchy that we put on on career choices and stuff like that because you know after this that's all gonna Mm -hmm. be different yeah it'll be interesting like how like like those posts where it's like like everything you're doing to distract yourself by like watching tv or reading or like stuff like that it's like hey guess what artists did that yeah exactly yeah Yeah, i saw like Like how people shit on artists and whatnot imagine trying to get through a pandemic right now without music or art like yeah 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 um it's also another thing is like we've talked uh i think i've talked about this a little bit before but this is also an opportunity for us to as like a country to reassess the role of government and the especially in like crises like this and in a way that'll be really helpful and that we'll talk about more in our full coronavirus episode um but like this will be helpful this is like a good time for us to like be tested before climate change which is like going to be the ultimate long-term life-altering crisis yeah i just feel like right now like if our government can't minimally like protect us i mean and obviously this is like an unprecedented situation and like then i don't want it but like if if like they can't do the minimum to protect us right now then like what's the point of that like, what is the point of our system yeah. if it's not here to protect people, like, and to distribute the tools that we need to fight this, mm-hmm. like, to and to make sure that masks aren't being inflated and stuff like that, like, yeah. the price of masks and other, you know, stuff mm-hmm. that we need, like, then why, then why do we have the, this? I also, I'm just, like, disappointed. I mean, yeah. not surprised, but two things on that i don't know if you guys saw the video of aoc doing the live stream on her instagram the other day but she she made a comment that was that like really stuck with me and i've been thinking about it all day today but like she she was saying that the federal government like she's never felt like the federal government has done too much for her no 
Like, have you ever felt that the federal government's done too much for you? Like, no. oh, there was, oh, oh, they gave me too much loans. Like, they gave me too much student aid. Too much money. Like, or like they helped too me much too help. much. Yeah. Um, that's never happened. And, and I thought that was that, that's pretty interesting because like that reframes the whole role of the federal government. Like, like you said, like a government is supposed to help the people that that live in the country. Right. And if it's not doing that, then what the what's the point of it? We need a new one, um, and yeah, and I think that it's like throw we the should whole government out and, and get a new get one. Get me a new one, exactly. And go the other the government store, just <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's you just go over to Europe, pick one out from there, and they ship it over, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you like, can't you can't trust domestic manufacturing anymore, <laughs> ever. <laughs> that includes governments now. Um, the other thing was uh, funny about Europe is that I was watching a crash course, which Abby thinks is weird that I watch crash courses, even though I'm not taking a class actively. It's just like for funsies. Because I'm a nerd. full volume. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm. I offered to put headphones in. Um, What's wrong with crash courses? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Education, amazing. Um, But there was one of them about the European history class, and in it, they were talking about like post World War Two European nations uh, provided more for their citizens because during the war, uh, services like healthcare and transportation were nationalized. Like the government took control of those sectors, and people just got used to the government providing that for them. And they saw like, hey, our government is able to do all this stuff for us. Like we should utilize this. Like let's use it and. That's, like, part of the reason why, like, European countries are so much, like, farther ahead with that stuff than we are. And I think that, like, in big crises, like, if we have an at-home crisis like we do right now, like, nationalizing a system like that would be super helpful. Like, healthcare. Like, we're yeah. seeing that in, like, New York State. Like, the the state is trying to put together a unified right. hospital network. And, like, being from New York, like, I... F- even though it's the epicenter and even though it's like New one York of baby. New York baby, even though it's like Rats one, of, and the, pizza. one of the places that is doing the worst, not like just because of the nature of the city and stuff, but like I do feel like my officials and my elected officials in New York are like working really hard to protect me in this moment, not always, but in this moment. And like, but I just. We're, like, so young, like, in the scheme of life, you know? We're, we're pretty yeah. young people. Babies, basically. And I just feel like the... I've been, like, fucked over personally. But I've been personally victimized by the U.S. government so many times. And I'm like, I don't... Like, they knew... They knew As a poor person, yeah, you we personally, have. Personally, but, like... And I just... It's like, well, now I'm in all this debt because you told me what excuse you um and also i I lost my train of thought there um being personally victimized by the government just catch it at the next station okay we'll come back to it come back to me let it roll around anyways the bronx is the first borough to have mobile coronavirus testing sites hey that's crazy the bronx baby the Bronx is also like 
I saw an article in the Times about how the Bronx has the most cases right now, and they're oh, seeing. Good. I thought it was the, Queens. I, no, it's I, Queens. Yeah. It, it might have been the most deaths. Oh. I, I'll find the article and I'll put it in the show notes yeah. just to fact check myself. Um, I remember seeing. But there, I remember it, seeing the memes, and it was like. Oh look, Queens has the worst, and the Bronx has the least. So don't call us dirty anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was interesting because, like, the Bronx is also like, like the demographic is significant, like more minority populations there. Well, so, the counties with the like the lower income counties are being hit the worst. The hardest, in yeah. New York. A tiger at the Bronx Zoo has tested positive. Yo, what the hell? I saw that news update today and I was like, I cannot handle this information. I was like, how did the tiger get it? Who Who gave it to the tiger? I'm going to kill whoever gave it to the tiger. Carol Baskin. Nope, I bet. I bet. Joe Exotic. Joe Exotic. It was Joe Exotic. We watched the entirety of that show. We did. Uh, because we really did. It, it, it was one of the government mandated quarantine activities, <laughs> um, along with one hour of government mandated outside time. Um, we really watched that show. Like, I don't usually do those things. Like, first of all, I just don't watch TV very much. <laughs> I watch way too much TV. <laughs> I wish I watched more. Like, I want to be in the loop, but I just am bad at it. Nerd. Like, I watched all of Euphoria with my roommate and then didn't watch the last oh episode. Gosh. Like, I suck at watching TV. But we really watched all of Tiger King. Oh, boy. That really got me through this pandemic. I've I, been thinking about nothing but Tiger King for, like, 24 hours. Ramel, have you seen it? I've not seen it. I would say don't do it to yourself. Don't. Okay, I won't do it to all myself. All you need to know, all you need to know is that mm-hmm. Jeff Lowe should be in prison. Carol Baskin definitely killed her husband. I don't know about it. And and it's it's wild that Joe Exotic had had three husbands. And how I I don't get it. I don't get it. Joe Exotic. Wild. Okay. What a name. We got really off topic. <laughs> really off topic. Wait, I just looked up Joe Exotic, and like it says he's a politician. Oh, yeah, he ran for uh, fucking president. That's the fourth thing. That's the fourth thing. He ran for president in 2016. And governor. And governor Ugh. in 2017. The governor of Oklahoma. Not oh. of any not of any important state. Oh. Uh, of course. Wow, we don't <laughs> marginalize Oklahoma. Sorry, Oklahoma. I wonder if we have any listeners from Oklahoma. Let's find out. We do. Um, if you are from Oklahoma and you listen to this podcast, please. Please let us know who you are. Like, let us I'll, know who you are. We would love to hear from you. I have so out? many questions. Um, I want to ask more about my guy, Joe. Joe DM us Joe, on Instagram or Twitter. Joe Exotic expresses frustrations that he can't use the N-word. Oh, my God. All right. We oh need to stop talking about Joe Exotic. Okay. Listen. I'd like to thank both of you for potting with me. Are we done? I I think, yeah. I feel like I have more to say. We'll we'll do a part two. We'll we'll do more of these informal type conversations. That sound good? Yeah. All right. Um, Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, If you enjoyed the episode or if you enjoy the show in general, please leave us a rating, especially in Apple Podcasts. 
uh, drop a comment. Let us know what you think about the show. That is super helpful. It's the number one way that we can get more listeners. Um, as always, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Ooh. Abby's still running our social media to find out whenever we're going to be posting episodes and stuff and get some behind-the-scenes content. Um, Abs, you want to mention the yeah COVID-19 episode like one more I time? Like I said, we're going to follow this up. This was like a word vomit. We have to get some things off of our heads and hearts and whatever, but we'll be following this up with a episode about its connections to climate and environmental racism and environmental justice and colonialism and all that bad stuff. Cool. Love it. We love it. As always, thank you for listening. We will see you next week. Bye.